Lamb <laughs> Brewing Company, Columbus, Ohio. I'm good at that. Oh, that's good. Did you like that? Were you recording that one? Yeah. Land Grant Brewing presents Land Grant University. Beers with the Brewers. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Land Grant University presents Beers with the Brewers. My name is Eric, and I am joined today, as always, by creative director and co-founder Walt Keys. How's it going? We also have today in-house head brewer Dan Schaefer. Ahoy! And guys, we are uh, blessed to be uh, sharing the podcasting space with two uh, wonderful guests. We have Joshua Martinez, the CEO of Pretentious Barrel House, and his production manager Robbie. Hello. Hi. Gentlemen, it's such an honor to have you guys here today. Uh, can you guys, uh, along Dan, why don't you guys tell us what, what are we drinking? What do we got here? We got two beers we're drinking today. Well, that's it's why it's always fun doing these things with Josh, because I, I am uh, only involved at the beginning of the process, and only tangentially, and then I don't have to do anything. <laughs> so um, the the base beer was a, a 5.9% Czech Pills. Um, the thought process being that something with a little bit more malt heft and uh, hops would hold up better to uh, barrel aging. And I don't know. I don't know if the sauce comes through in this or not. There's a lot going on in these, obviously. But um, it is nice that it's still, you know, it doesn't just taste like licking a barrel. It is still identifiable as a, as a pilsner. Um, so, so I'm sorry, let me briefly interrupt you. Uh, we were drinking two beers here. Are you saying that they both have the same lager base? That is correct. Okay, that's interesting. Very cool. Sorry. Yeah, so it was um, bittered, uh, neutral bittering hop with Magnum, uh, 29 IBUs, and uh, some saws at uh, Flame Out. Um, and yeah, used, uh, used their Bayern lager strain instead of our, um, our uh, Danish lager, uh, leave a little bit more body in there. Yeah, which you weren't. I remember you being not too excited about. It was a little slower than you than you're used to. It did not like our brew house. It did not like <laughs> it at all. So this first beer we're drinking is uh, we're calling it Noble Amalgamation, and this one, uh, this particular batch was uh, aged in a gin barrel. Uh, yeah, we we got barrels from Caledonian Spirits up in New York. Um, I had actually a beer um, that Warped Wing made that was aged in them, and I was like this is really cool. I really like these barrels. You know, where'd you get them? Um, and he's like, yeah, I got them directly from distillery. So they're really nice. I emailed them and they're like, of course we will sell you barrels. So, um, sometimes sourcing barrels is the harder part. Um, there's these big existence of middlemen in the beer industry and they go buy up all the barrels from distilleries and wineries and then, you know, resell them to you at a profit. So that's nice if you can cut them out a little bit. Um, it's also cool to get fresher barrels. So you, know, you want the barrel emptied and then refilled immediately if you can. So what tasting notes were you guys going for by choosing the gin barrel? Oh, uh, man. Um, so yeah. this is the second time we've ever done this. So, um, And I think that's something that a lot of people assume is we're like some masters of or experts in everything. So we are actually kind of curious to see what would happen. Um, I think it would. I thought it would work just from the standpoint of historically, you know, they used to age loggers in oak all the time because that's the only containers they had to age things in. Um, so I figured it would stand up well to the oak 
I didn't know how much character we'd get because it's cold age, not hot age. So your extraction's probably going to be less. Um, but I think we got this really cool, like lovely floral notes. Like the botanicals come through. You're like, oh, it's a little bit of like pineiness, a little bit of that juniper, but it doesn't overpower the beer in any way. No, yeah. I would say if you're um, if you are someone who's averse to gin, I would not be afraid to try this. It's not going to slap you in the face. Yeah, it somehow to me tastes exactly what I would think like a pilsner and gin combo would taste like, but also surprising in a certain kind of way. Like there's like almost like a vanilla-ish flavor to it. Yeah. That like I, you know, if if you just put it down and said this is a, you know a, a gin barrel aged pilsner. I wouldn't necessarily think we would pull vanilla out of either of those things, but there is, and it, and it really complements the beer and the gin notes really nicely. But uh, so it's like it's both like expected but unexpected in in a, in a way. Yeah, I think with the the aromatics from the from the gin and then you know the barrel character, uh, you could have a really sort of tannic bitter finish, and I think the the vanilla really helps to round that out. Not to mention the higher ABV, uh, given alcohol can be you know, both sweet and bitter. Yeah, the ABV was something I was uh, surprised by when we went in to do um, Anton Parr. I was, uh, you know, we started off around around six percent, and we finished off just shy of eight, seven, seven, nine. It's pretty pretty aggressive ABV pickup, um, which I attribute to a little that that cold that cold age presses the wood a little bit, squeeze some of that alcohol in there. But, uh, yeah, the van- vanilla is one of my favorite kind of pickups we get from American oak. So any barrel made with American oak is going to have that, that vanilla, which you associate with, like, bourbon. Yeah, it's really cool. Awesome. So, guys, I have a question for you. Uh, Robbie and Josh, uh, you guys are new to the podcast. So we have here a uh, very important question that we ask uh, when we are sampling these beers, and it's uh, how crushable is it? How crushable is it? So imagine it's a, a uh, you're relaxing at home safely and you have a six pack of this beer with you. And, and for the sake of uh, the super scientific crushability index, we uh, we pretend that 16 ounce beers are in 12 ounce cans. For the yeah, sake of the exercise, your, your traditional 12 ounce six pack. How many of these beers are you crushing in one sitting? So I actually have crushed a few of these because on the candy run we had some short fills, so we take some cans home. Um, my kid had his two-year-old birthday party, and I was grilling. And actually, I accidentally drank about five of these over the course of that <laughs> afternoon. And I was pretty crushed by these beers. So is that your top number five? Yeah. I mean, I drank basically five of them, so basically would have killed a six-pack. So Sounds I good. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it's it's this one's 7.9. I would say, um, you know, it's it's a very easy drinking and approachable beer for sure, um, which can be, as described, a little bit risky and dangerous, especially on a hot day. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I, I guess I typically don't associate, like, barrel-aged beers as, for, like, hot day, you know, sip, you know, drinkers, but this one would, would be really nice um, oh, yeah. out in the sunshine. And I'm going to stick to a, I'm going to go four. And, and, and responsibly, I should probably play say three, but I'm going to say four. What about you, Robbie? Yeah, I would say four for me as well, but responsibly three. Yeah. I, I would throw a movie on and just start drinking and not realize where I was until <laughs> I was through two. <laughs> and we should mention that you should always crush responsibly. If, you know, at home or if you're out and about, make sure you uh, arrange for, a, for transportation home. 
What do you think of Dan? Uh, yeah, I remember um, the week when uh, those low fills showed up at Land Grant, and I, I crushed that whole week. So much <laughs> crushing. Um, so I, I would say four. I, I think I, I, I think I've done three of the of the, the tall boys uh, in in a sitting. So yeah, and bordering on that four or five range. Yeah. It's light-bodied, but it is that high ABV that's keeping me a little frightened. So I'm, I'm sticking with three on the lower end of the spectrum for this one, but it is it is quite tasty. Well, well, you can do the math on that. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a tough one with five players here, and everybody's all over the mm-hmm. the, the spectrum. Yeah, on this we'll one, add that up. Yeah, put we'll, it in we'll put it in the notes. Show, the show notes. <laughs> 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 um, well, uh, so we actually did. So we we kind of split design mm-hmm. um, work on these two uh, beers that we're drinking. Mm-hmm. Walt, you did this one. Mm-hmm. Tell us about this can a little bit. Yeah, um, you know, I think. You know, the name is obviously like references sort of the noble hops pilsner aspect of the beer, and then amalgamation essentially just means uh, you know a combination or a uh, a blending of two uh, different things. So like you know we're taking the gin, we're taking the the pilsner, and we're we're mashing them together in a barrel um, to get this get this uh, combination that's you know greater than the sum of its parts, and and definitely. Um, took a little of a, a little inspiration for the pretentious um you know logo and their brand and went sort of over the top with the sort of fanciful lettering and um you know the gold the gold foil you know look to it um i wanted to, to nod to those guys without just copying those guys and uh yeah i think it turned out pretty sharp and, and fun and i i like both cans i like the you know i think it uh it's nice to, when we do these collaborations it's nice when yeah it's you know both both sides lending their creativity both in the the brewing side and production side but also the um sort of the artwork and, and stuff so it, it's always fun when we get like two two takes on a where well, it might not be the same beer this time but two takes on the same project you know and and, and it turned out nice i think awesome well shall we move on to desert spoon yeah crack spoon is open for all those um, out yeah. podcast land. Um, I'll, I'll get some clean, clean glasses. Hold on a sec. One of my favorite things to do when we have barrel-aged beer is um, once you've finished your glass is um, if you let it sit empty for a few minutes um, and then you come back to it and you smell it, you get all the oak. Like it's just like really? the oak just hangs out in the glass. Um, it's actually a really fun exercise. So, cause you'll drink the beer and you're like, Oh yeah, I get like sweetness from the malt and you know, and then like botanicals from the spirit character and all that stuff. But once you've, consumed it the oak just kind of lingers on in the glass so then once it sits for a little bit you go back and quaff that that empty glass and you're like oh yeah there's all the oak uh josh while we are waiting for uh walt's return with some fresh glassware for us uh tell us a little bit about pretentious uh and a little bit about your guys's history and and what you guys got going on yeah um this is our fifth year in operation we are i guess we started out as a sour beer barrel aged sour beer project essentially um, and it's not necessarily because I thought this was like the greatest thing in the world or like the best beer or anything like that. It was more just that, um, it's a lot of work to make this style of beer. Um, and which is why you don't see too much of it on the market. So, um, I wanted to increase the volume out there on the market selfishly because, you know, I like to drink this style of beer. Um, but yeah, it's always a good place to start. Robbie, how long have you been with Pretentious? Uh, I joined three years ago on April 1st, so I definitely thought my hiring was an April Fool's joke. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sure. Um, I think we originally, uh, the other, the, the two that we had decided on sort of uh, before we had brewed anything uh, in terms of barrels was um, gin and um, mezcal. And I uh, had a bit of difficulty sourcing the mezcal. And uh, Josh said, hey, there's these uh, so tall barrels. Um, it's very similar. Um, Sure. Um, not knowing anything about it whatsoever, um, but knowing that I, I liked Mezcal and trusted uh, his uh, his judgment, we uh, we rolled with it, and it uh, yeah it was a great decision. What is what is Sotol, and how is it different from the Mezcal? Yeah, uh, so Sotol is derived from this plant. It's native. It's native to Mexico. It's called it's called the desert spoon. So Sotol in English would, it means desert spoon. Um, so like. Like Dan, I'd never had Sotol before or heard of it. Um, the barrel broker we were going through was like, hey, yeah, these are similar. Um, so I went out and tried to find it. I bought a, I bought a bottle and brought it, brought it in here, and we all tasted it. And we're like, this is good. Let's just roll with that. Um, it's a really cool spirit. It's, uh, it's got a smoky character to it. It's got this kind of like citrusy notes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I never had it before. I, I, I figured at, like, 36 years old, I'd stop learning about spirits that exist but uh, apparently I'm wrong. Yeah, I definitely never heard of it. Oh man, that's a it, so I just took my first sip and that's a it's it's boozy, but it's good. It, it does feel like still has some of those like mezcal notes to it that I, I at least I'm getting. Um, I haven't had Sotol uh, itself to compare it, but um, that's that's something that's good. Uh, yeah, it's definitely in a charred barrel, kind of like bourbon. So it has yeah. that kind of more like that. That like caramelized vanilla kind of character to it. Yeah. Definitely more of that like sweetness. I feel like it's a little lighter than the uh, the the last one too. I might be wrong, but it tastes feels lighter on my tongue to me. Yeah, this would be this is another really sort of deceptively easy drinking beer. Yeah, I think um, another good one that'd be good for yeah mid July <laughs> barrel aged mid July beer, easy drinker. I like the name and like what it evokes and how it like tastes. And when I compare it, like it, it feels like deserty and like I'm in the you know south of the border sort of thing. Like it's it's good stuff. We actually had joked that um, I, was, I was like, man, this would actually be really good like with a with a lime garnish. Um, but then one of my my our graphic designer she she had some of the short fills and she was like, sent me a picture of it like with a lime and she's like, for real though. She's like, this is it. This, this is it. And I'm like, oh, fruit in the beer. Oh, there you go. It's slippery slope, but it's good every now and then. Um, so, Josh, did you? You said you had. A, you mentioned a graphic designer. Did you? So you had that person to, uh, design these cans for you guys. Yeah, Wink Design, uh, Grace Winkler, she's been with us since the beginning. She did all of our branding, and she's done all of our can labels and bottle art and everything. She's been, yeah, she's been with us since, yeah, since before we opened, actually. Um, it's really funny. So when I met her, she was like six months pregnant with her first kid. So her, her, And she's had, gosh, two other kids since then. And so her eldest son is the same exact age as the brewery. So it's like he turns five, and the brewery <laughs> turns five, you yeah, know, yeah. five months later, that kind yeah. of thing. I have a similar situation where, yeah, my, my daughter was born basically right before Land Grant's uh, first anniversary. Yeah, my wife found out she was pregnant the week Land Grant opened. So oh, she, wow. she was like, it was exciting, but also like we opened a brewery and I like literally can't open or drink a beer for at least nine months, which was kind of a bummer. But, you know, that's how things go. You can't time everything perfectly. 
So I'm going to ask you guys two questions. The first one we already asked. So we asked, we're going to go, how crushable is this? This is this option. And then uh, I'm curious you guys, if you guys have a preference between the two. For sure, we can go around this way. Yeah, let's go around. Start with Walt. So we're going crushability first. Crushability first, and then give me your preference. I mean, I think I would say it's similar to to the first one. Um, and I don't even remember what I said though. So uh, I think I said four. I'm going to stick with that with this one. Mm. I think uh, yeah, really nice, like um, different flavor profile. But you can definitely you can definitely taste you know taste that base. This that's you know you get the similar notes from the base, but um, that different sort of spirit note. Um, but very drinkable, like the first, but also at eight percent, boozy, a little bit, a little bit dangerous. So I'm, I'm gonna stick with, I think four. Well, um, I think the first one is probably more crushable, but I like this one better, so I'll give it a higher number. I'm gonna say five. <laughs> this is uh, now this is my jam. Um, I, I really, really liked how this turned out, and um, yeah, if ever there was a crushable um, <laughs> barrel aged pilsner, this is it. Yeah, I guess I didn't say my favorite. Um, I'm going to, I like them both quite a bit, but I'm going to go with the gin one. I think it's really just, I don't know. I don't know why. There's something a little more like, floral. Just something there. I can't yeah. put my finger on it, but that's it's okay. great. That's okay. What about you, Robbie? Uh, I'm going to go with a four for this. Um, but add some lime to that. I'd probably take it up to a five. Nice. Um, I'm going to have to try it now. Yeah, yeah, so this one, I do we prefer... Probably we should have some limes behind the bar if we don't want to get crazy. <laughs> Let's do it. I think we should. I'm ready. Um, yeah. I would... I lean towards the Soto Barrel lager just a little more um, for no real reason. Um, I mean, really like them both. I'd crush them both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. And funny enough, like, my dad doesn't like sour beers, or barrel-aged beers in general. I took these home to him. These are the only two beers that he's like, keep bringing me more, please. Oh, that's awesome. It's like, we, we got them, so as well. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely both, like, very approachable beers. Like, if if like if you're a drinker that is normally, you know, scared off by the barrel-aged thing, you know, by the big, like, boozy bur- bourbon barrel-aged this or that, like, this is not that experience. Like, these are really approachable and drinkable beers. Um. I would say this one is l- like I, ch- I would be less crushable than the other one. So I, I gave the other one a five. I would say this one would be a four for me. Um, I like the Soul Tolbera one a little more, and that's mostly because it's different. Like I never had anything quite like it. Um, the Gin Barrel one, like if I was going to drink six beers, like but you know of, of either or, <laughs> I'm going to drink the Gin Barrel one because I just felt like it just like it's such a it's a lighter flavor that kind of builds. But if I'm going to pick one of them if I'm gonna have one beer and sit down like I just like the flavor profile on the Sotol is just so unique I like to kind of as I drink it I taste different things and it mm-hmm. kind of evolves in the glass so I'm kind of with you guys I, I think I prefer the Sotol barrel and it's, uh, that's interesting to me because generally I'm a person who kind of prefers gin over say like a mezcal or I can't speak for Sotol but tequila um, but no this I think this beer is, is, is excellent and I, I, I would probably give it at least a four crusher on this guy so I'm, I'm yeah I think it's amazing you guys did a great job any closing thoughts on the beers, gentlemen? No, um, I guess we should say they're we're releasing them on the eighth, right? Yeah, Friday. Friday. So if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out on Thursday, they will be available tomorrow at both locations, um, and we'll have them. Yeah, we'll have them both versions at uh, both Land Grant and Pretentious's tap rooms. 
Uh, available in four packs, so come get them like you can. Now, will um, they be mixed four packs, or will they be no, super? Okay. No, no. Um, you got to buy eight to get both. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, come come check them out. Um, they're really, really tasty, and uh, they probably won't last very long, so come get them. Absolutely. Well, Walt, can you take us through the uh, weekly rundown of what's going on here at Lane Grant? <laughs> yeah, I'll be real quick about it. Um, uh, tonight being Thursday, we have music, of course, like we do every Thursday and Sunday. Um, tonight featuring Paul Valdevez and the Devious Boys. I hope I said his name right. But, um, yeah, they're playing 6-8. to eight, And the U.S. Women's National Team is playing a World Cup qualifier at 7 against Jamaica. So be here for that as well. We'll have that on the, um, the smaller screen outside and all the screens inside. Um, Friday is uh, the re- it's, it's Franklin's and Friday, so not only will we be releasing these two beers, um, we'll also have the Franklin's and Friday um, uh, Franklin Art District uh, release featuring a pink lemonade tart ale, and uh, that features the artwork of Je- Jen. <laughs> Sorry, oh, he's putting limes in her beer. I was distracted by the uh, the fruit edition here um, by Jen Bachelder Spears and music from Every Yalo. That's uh, seven and nine, Franklinton Friday. So come down, check out the music, try the beer, uh, walk around New Franklinton and check out all the art. Um, pick up a four pack uh, or two four packs of the aforementioned um, Desert Spoon and Noble Malmation. Saturday, uh, Moto Yoga in the morning. You can sign up for that on their website. That's at 9.30 in the morning. Um, that includes your first beer and crew are away 8 p.m. We'll have that on, on the big screen outside. And DJ Sonic, Blush, and uh, Tringo will be playing Saturday night at 8, so be here for that. Sunday is our uh, music market, curated by a Good Vibes Hive with music from Deep Tones, um, and as always, Ray Ray's and Mikey's Late Night Slice are open Thursday through Sunday. Um, Dodo Donuts is off until the 14th. Um, they will be back, though, uh, sort of mid-month. And we will also be open late on Monday for the women's national team match against Mexico. Uh, AO Columbus is here for that. Um, match starts late, 10 p.m., um, but we'll have it on outside. Weather permitting, um, Late Night Slice here. Tuesday is Trivia, hosted by Travis, as always. Um, and then we're showing a movie, as always, on Tuesdays, but we can't say the name of it. But it is a big blockbuster hit from, I would say, 1995, and it features a lot of dinosaurs <laughs> eating people on an island. 93. 93. There you go. Third grade for me. Um, tortilla Street Food here every Tuesday. And Wednesday, Two Fat Indians is here, and we have a bonus music night. Um, this is a band that got rained out earlier this uh, spring. Harmonic Soul will be playing 6 to 8 on Wednesday. That's it, I think. That was great. That's a good I, rundown. I think we need to talk about this Lime Edition because it changed the crushability. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wilson needs to put his in crushability there. Crushability way up. I'm way with you, Josh. Like, I, Yeah, I added that Lime and... Yeah, this is this is money. This that is great. So dangerous. Yeah. I mm-hmm. want to drink. Like I want to. I want to just crack another one now. Like that lime just crushed it for me. Wait, we got one open can still. <laughs> yeah, don't fear the lime. Also, um, if uh, we're placing bets oh, yeah. as to the uh, over under for people calling this beer dessert spoon, I am taking the over at fifty percent. I think saying. I would be included in the over um, because I've accidentally said that a couple times. We poured it at. Uh, dank house's little house party thing just because I was like whatever we'll pour it like 
and people were like, yeah, I'll have dessert spoon. I'm like, mm. is it, is it cause <laughs> yes. there's two S's though? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, that's a, every now and then we do an episode of this podcast with the, the bartenders and, um, we get updates on the most frequently mispronounced beer names, yeah. uh, and they, they all have a lot to, to offer to that category, that subject. Well, Josh, Robbie, thank you guys so much for joining us today on uh, this episode. And these beers turned out amazing. So really great job by mm-hmm. you guys and by you too, Dan. And I also want to, at the risk of my own life, uh, wish uh, Dan Schaefer here a happy birthday. Ah, uh, jeez, guys. Uh, happy <laughs> birthday. Your ship's finally coming into port. It is. <laughs> uh, and we want to thank you listeners for tuning in to uh, this episode. Uh, as always, we will remind you to please make sure to generously tip your bartenders, and we will see you all here next week. Thanks again, everybody. Yeah, and uh, just a shout-out. Go check out the Pretentious Barrel House uh, tap room. Pick up some of this beer, and then, uh, yeah, and then come see us as well. But, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Cheers. <laughs>